1: Good afternoon and welcome everybody. This would be the Jeff Cameron Show right here on 93.3 Real Talk Radio and War Chant TV. My distinct pleasure to be here with you. A fine Balls Wednesday to each and every one of you. Doing alright everybody hanging in? There's still a paw in the air. Still a feeling of, uh, you know... Frustration and the like. Paul uh, Who. By the way, we're uh, on Twitter at J Cameron Show. That is Tom. That is uh, Director Matthew. One of these days I'll we'll get back to having our station email. We'll we'll be able to uh, do that again and get you some emails in here here and in, the-
0: in the meantime, Michael at warchant.com. Michael at warchant <laughs> Any of your concerns about uh, the Jacksonville state loss, Michael at warchant com. You
1: know, I, I I sound a little under the weather today, and it's so funny because a lot of people out there can can relate to this. The second I had a tickle in my throat, the second my nose got a little stuffed up, it just felt like a common cold. But you never know. You never know anymore. And uh, and so anyhow, I'm like, eh, it's it's probably just a cold, I mean. But breakthrough cases happen. So I thought, all right, well, let's just be safe with everybody, you know, find out what it is. It is just a cold. Got tested. I'm good to go. Just a cold, Tom. And now, all of a sudden, uh, I could get back to worrying about other things. More important things like FSU's loss to Jacksonville State. Damn it, man! (laughs) For a moment, I was distracted!
0: It's funny. I'll share with the public on TV and ninety three point three. I had a breakthrough case. Yeah, you did. uh, A little while back. And I'm still in that grace period where, even after uh, after being double-vaxxed and then having the case... I got tiger blood for a few months, man.
1: Yeah, you, you're in pretty good shape. So when you said
0: I might have it, I'm like, well, it doesn't apply to me. Get it out of the way. Yeah. Know. No, no, no. You never know how it's going <laughs> to react. Like, no, Even if it's infinitesimal, be- you don't want somebody to run the, the numbers on it. Yeah. But I was like, yeah, if you got it, man, I'm okay. So when you go back,
1: I know you did it for WarChan, and I want to begin with this because people would like a little bit of hope people would like to feel like they could turn the page and move forward. I did this yesterday, thank you in the wind. Um I I did this a little bit last week even because I've been gearing up towards this game, the Wake Forest game for some time now. I didn't assume that we would <laughs> I didn't expect that we would lose to Jacksonville State, so I figured we might be going into this game at one and one and um, instead it's 0-2, so the level of concern and desperation that one feels is all the greater today than, it, than we anticipated. But we always knew this was going to be a big game. So I was looking ahead, and I was watching a lot of Wake Forest, and I know you did, too, for the article on Warchant.com, at least in terms of looking back at what happened with Forest State and then looking ahead. Uh, I know you looked ahead after you did the Yeah, piece. the
0: second piece would be running in a couple of days, but I'm already doing the research for that.
1: But yep. one of the things that you find out is they're not real good. That, that's not a, a, a great Wake team. There there are holes there with that team. Um, they're not terribly efficient offensively. Uh, this is not one of those really good offensive lines for Wake. It's a, it's an adequate
0: offensive yeah, line. Yeah, if it was a Jamie Newman team from a couple of years ago, right. I don't know. I don't know. Now, I'm not trying to set us up to fail again because UAB did beat Jacksonville State by 31 points, and UAB did throw for 370 yards yeah, they nearly they had some success. Triple the output, nearly triple the output of what Florida State had in the aerial game on Saturday. So, we're not good enough to take anybody lightly. We learned that once again. The moment we think we're over that next time, let's just not do that. Let's not. Let's let them show it to us first. All that said, it's a gettable game on Saturday. Very gettable. Um you know, I think that uh
1: you know, Florida State is a football team that was flawed from the get-go, that was a team that we thought would have to fight to try to get to 500. We thought Florida State would be. So, you know, one of the things that ends up happening is if you criticize another team, if you point out the flaws of another team, especially if they're on your schedule, people will compare and contrast that with what we are. And they can be two separate things. Florida State can be a bad football team. And Wake Forest can be an average to subpar football team. And you could lose to that team because you're not any good. You know, so if I say Wake isn't very good, it doesn't mean they won't beat Florida State because Florida State's not any good. Uh, so, you know, I, I just, people have to understand and put in perspective what we're talking about. We thought Florida State was a 6 and 6 team. You thought they were a 7 and 5 team, I think. But I'm not saying that to mock you. I, I don't remember what the last No, I had 8 and 4, was. actually. You had 8 and 4, yeah. yeah. All right. Well, the point is. Um, you know, we we knew and I and I would dare say, not to de- defend your eight and four pick, I dare say that you figured that they would have to play really good to get to eight and four. They'd have to have all the breaks. Well they, they didn't look like a
0: the, what I was figuring on was Miami was more winnable than people thought at the kickoff still of the is, season. Probably still North is. Carolina was much more winnable than people thought at the outset of the season. And that you could win either the Boston College or NC State game and September and October was going to be a month where you only lose one football game. But these are the things that piece together. When you say it that way, it doesn't sound crazy. But then when you lay an egg against Jacksonville State, it looks absolutely insane. So I didn't figure on that part of it.
1: Yeah, it's um. well, that puts a fly in the ointment. There's no doubt that changes everybody's projection.
0: Getting to eight will be very difficult now.
1: Not going to happen. I'll go out on a limb and say it's not going to happen. There are things, as I noted on yesterday's show and as well as on Monday, that are happening within the ACC that um, are unfortunate for those teams. There's no doubt. I mean, you can't have, if you're Boston College, you can't have your starting quarterback go down uh, for the year because your backup is garbage. And we saw him in 2019. And uh, so you know he's not a real good player, and that that's a huge step back for that team. NC State, unfortunately, former Noel Cyrus Fagan, out, but more importantly, They've lose another defender and, and that's that's problematic. And obviously I thought pretty highly of NC State's offensive and defensive lines. They got they got that was a weird game against Mississippi State. They were right there and then all of a sudden it was like they, they got overwhelmed and kind of quit a little bit. It was strange to watch that play out. Um, it reminded you of uh who their head coach is. Right, right. Because the personnel's not that bad.
0: Right. Same thing now. Well, I'd have to check that a little bit. I was about to say, same thing about Mac Brown. However, mm-hmm. when the offensive line can't block Virginia Tech for any play in that game, then yeah. some of it's on Mac, and then some of it is just point of fact. That they couldn't block.
1: What what ha- What happens with us, though, after the Jacksonville State game, is that none of those other foibles, none of those other problems for those programs matter at all. Because, again anything's on the table when you've lost to Jacksonville State. You've now allowed uh, thoughts to run wild about how bad this could get. And that's what this week represents. You know, it represents people will, and I get it, because goodness gracious, you just lost to Jacksonville State, but... All the good things in terms of hustle, in terms of physicality, in terms of being where you're supposed to be, things like that defensively, that we have seen for the better part of two games uh, get ignored now immediately. You don't see that as any form of progress. I was just listening to the front row Knowles guys talk about that. They were talking about how they see real progress. But in my head, I'm hearing what every Florida State fan out there is thinking, which is they're 0-2, guys. They just lost to Jacksonville State. What progress of this is uh, of which you speak, but it does exist. There is the only concern I have this week is twofold. Where are they at up here? Where are they at mentally? Are they bought in? Will they continue to give that same sort of effort that we've seen through the first two weeks, at least in terms of being physical, you know, being present, play to play, all of that. Ignoring the last play, obviously. Uh, and and then, are they good enough? Simply put, are they good enough? Because that's the other problem, is that when you, when you recalibrate, perhaps, exactly what they are and are not, and you vet the issues up front on the offensive line, and you think about, perhaps, that receiving core and what they aren't up to this point, you then begin to wonder, well, even if all of that togetherness is, in fact, present, even if all that physicality on the defensive side of the ball, especially against the run, that front four has been really good, uh, even if that's present, you just may not be good enough to beat Wake Forest. And that is something to
0: say out loud. Especially, again, this particular group of Wake Forest Demon Deacons. It's not like they're ever going to be a top-five football team in the land, but there are some that are better than others and some that are capable of scoring 45 points at the drop of a hat, whereas others, you know, it might be like this group, a little bit more middling. I would say, though, if they're bought in as poorly as this offensive line played against Jacksonville State, and upon rewatching a few times, yes, I did, Jordan Wilson did not have a good night. No, he did not. I wonder basic questions now about his aptitude as a run blocker, as a pass protector. He had a really, really bad night. I saw two plays the first go around, meaning the first rewatch, two rewatches now. I don't know why. I'm a masochist. Well, you're trying to do things here. You're trying to figure
1: some things out.
0: I saw another one on the goal line the second time I watched it. Three plays. He's not in for that many plays. No, he didn't grade out well. No. 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 And we thought he was going to be the sixth offensive lineman. I I don't know. Maybe because of the caliber of this offensive line, he very much is a sixth offensive lineman here. Uh, But, man... That is, that is troublesome. That is really, really Well,
1: because he's such a big body, you assumed, because they loved him as a blocker, that that you know, that's really why they brought him in, given Norvell's offensive concepts, what he was trying to do. Yeah, I and hope then,
0: it's just a bad night, but I don't know. It man.
1: was a hell of a bad night. It's hard to imagine that you have that night if you're not paying attention and you're not focused. You've got to wonder a little bit there. I mean, I, um, I'll be watching closely to see what the leadership is like on this team. I think Jermaine Johnson is that guy who's just not having it. They have that, I think, on the defensive side. Now they've got to, you know, they got to make plays over there and, and be smarter. But I, I think they have some physicality and some leadership over there on that side. I who's the offensive leader? Who's the who's the guy that's going to get this offense in order? And, and even if there is one, are they good enough? You know, because some of the numbers that you're producing now, when you look at uh, McKinsey Milton, they're not good, and. I, you know, you if you want to have a passing game, which clearly they do, that's why he's starting this week. Uh, you got to be able to do two things. Um, you you got to be able to catch the football, and you got to be able to block it up up front. And so far, they've done really neither, and that results into a whole lot of checking down, a whole lot of three and four yard pass attempts, which ain't going to get it done. And um, that's frustrating.
0: Yeah, what's what's difficult here is. I think this is another game just at first blush. I'm sure you could come up with a scheme that, that makes McKenzie the better player here. I'm sure you could because I think in the grand scheme of things, if you look at the line of scrimmage, Florida State's defensive line should win that battle. If they're invested, they're going to I win that battle. I think they will win
1: that battle, yes.
0: I think that offensive line is going to have a better time this weekend than they did against Jacksonville State too. So I think when you're looking at the two battles of the trenches, this so actually
1: favors th- us That's what you're looking amount. at because uh, that's interesting because I'm going to look more closely this evening at wake because i don't know that i would have guessed that from what you're watching for the purposes of that article that you're seeing that wake forest defensive line is not as good as jacksonville state's defensive one
0: well i think there's there's two things going on it may be about the same but i would think that we might be a little bit more dialed in and we might have a game plan in which jay sean corbin gets the ball more often than lawrence to yeah you think well Well, i listen you know, there's no nice way to put it. There's a lot of yards left out on the field by a lot of things on Saturday. Keyshawn Helton's drop, there's a chunk of 50 right there. But uh, Lawrence Toafili turned down quite a few yards on Saturday as well. And they might want to defend him on a Monday or Tuesday press conference. And they listen, you got to keep the kid invested. So sure, I get that part of it. Circle the wagons around the player, protect the player, and hope he develops. But then on Saturday, when it's time to actually hand the ball to Have somebody. Have the correct personnel in the game. Yes, because Wake Forest will give that up. And if they don't, then they have to commit eight. Like, literally, at least, they have to commit eight to the line of scrimmage. And still, they kind of give it up to a team like Old Dominion. So I think there are opportunities to be had here. But all things being equal, if I'm just my own personal opinion, I know Jordan can't hit the broad side of a barn, but if his legs, if his lower half is healthy, and he was, uh, from Ira's report today, out of practice working with the Twos today, I think he needs to be a big part of the game plan. I know they just stripped the ore out of the depth chart, but I think he's got to be a big part of this game
1: plan. We've said all, uh, all along that both quarterbacks were going to be necessary whether you wanted it that way or not. It was going to be necessary because of injury and because of offensive line problems. Certain teams would be able to exploit that more than others. I do know this, statistically speaking, it is already a travesty that on nearly 60% of dropbacks, a quarterback gets hit, whether it's Jordan Travis or Mackenzie Milton. That's those are the numbers. I mean, that's that's
0: something to behold. I mean, the line from Kenny, I had to put it in the article today, which again you could find on WarChant.com, in their shot plays, they're O for five. Negative thirty yards. One of them's a
1: touchdown if a man can catch.
0: Understood. But even still, that would be O for five with twenty net yards, and you'd have a fifty yard touchdown on the play. Because the penalties rendered them O for five, negative thirty yards on the five shot plays. Man, like that is Unfathomably bad.
1: Yeah, because what you do is you take the penalty yardage plus the yardage you would have had in certain situations. Yes, yeah, and you add it up, and you go, "Oh my god!" Oh, I'm sure
0: they're not even double dipping. That's probably just the penalty yards yeah. added up rather than the things right. that they missed. Yeah, yeah,
1: and the things they missed. Right, which is, if you think back to the Notre Dame game, how big was it not to miss? Like you get the Chikai Douglas play, you get the you call up the shot play, and it's money and it's made,
0: and you catch that, it's it changes the complexion of the game, and it's not like. The receivers have failed McKenzie, and he hasn't failed the receivers in certain circumstances. He's missed some things too. Let's not like I don't want to get it, it painted into this narrative where it's like, well, McKenzie can do no wrong. So who is failing around him? The coaches fail him. The receivers fail him. No, yeah.
1: he, he misses a play r- early on.
0: He, yes, it's parchment second play of the game. Yeah, second play of the game. It's second and short. So if it was the first play of the game and you want to take a six yard chunk and second and four, I I kind of understand that. It's second down and like two, because Corbin's first run goes for seven, eight yards. Yeah. Yes, and if you take a look at the alignment, and he's looking to the correct half of the field... Yeah, he's done the math. I think Parchment, is he either going to score or be inside the 30-yard line with a decent throw? Even if it is a pop-gun arm kind of a throw.
1: Yes, he doesn't have a great arm, but he does have a quick release, and if he's uh,
0: assertive and, and knows where he's going... Then you have the Cam McDonald miss towards the, the second Whoa, quarter. We oh, end man. up we end up scoring later to go yeah. up 14-7. Yeah. But I mean, my man, that's a wide open seam, and I would think that Cam is is widening out as much as he should because the throw leads him into harm. He almost gets Cam killed, <laughs> and there's only one high, so th- there's plenty of blame to go around. It's not like Mackenzie's the worst part of the equation, but he's certainly a part of the equation of why we're failing in these circumstances.
1: Everybody gets tested this weekend in a way that we did not guess. We thought it would be important. Now we're on a lot of uh, there's a lot of watch categories. There's the sideline watch. Uh, there 's There is obviously personnel watch play calling, which I hate getting into you know i do um but but also not only emotional and, and obvious investment on both sides of the ball right there 's a physical response it 's all there 's a lot of sideline as well as game watching there 's a lot of sideline watching there 's just a lot to watch it 's almost like you, you almost you, you can be done talking about what just happened, although it just hangs over and looms. And will until we kick it off on Saturday. Yeah, in
0: some ways, we'll always be talking yeah. about that game.
1: Maybe. I mean, yeah, in some ways, you're right. Let the, the real hope for everybody is that we're talking about that game in a, weird, in a way that shows what an outlier it was. You know, maybe, maybe two years from now, you're like, remember that game? Good God. Man, I remember at that time, we never thought in a million years we'd be sitting here at 10 wins. You know, like you're hoping that's a conversation you can have with somebody you know, obviously sooner rather than later, but it's not going to be soon because oh, they, I, they've got a long ways to go.
0: I long for a time in which we can discuss this game the way we talk about homecoming against Virginia for yeah, Jimbo. Yeah,
1: yeah, we almost laugh it off.
0: Even though that was an absurd game. They got like three kicks at it?
1: Uh, it was really absurd in a lot of ways, and including the, the, the greatest lie Jimbo ever told, and there were a lot of them. But the, the teaching of uh, how to purposely drop a pass in those situations. Well, you see, We, we practiced that.
0: You practice having Burt Reed drop a pass? <laughs> if he did, then he should have imparted that to Mark uh, Richt before the SEC yeah, championship yeah. game in 2012, because yeah. what a lesson to learn. Yeah,
1: Is that why you fell to your knees? And
0: Oh, that's so good. That is so good that, is that you so dropped that good. the way we
1: practice it. It's so good. Wow. I want to see it again. Let's call for a replay. It's Jeff Carabin, Show 93.3 Real Talk Radio, Warchad TV. <laughs> this <ain't the> party. <laughs> oh man, you know in a weird way because college football was such an unmitigated disaster last year It was so easy to pivot to pro football Which had a great product In addition to the fact that the Bucks won the Super Bowl and we were on that watch, right? We were like, alright, is it coming together? Is it coming together each week? You know, you could kind of watch to see And
0: it didn't really until December, but yeah, yeah.
1: You'd always get these glimpses uh, one way or the other, though. You'd get the evidence that they could be uh, the best team in the league on a given day, and you'd get the evidence that they weren't ready for primetime, and you'd get the evidence that they were still a work in progress. Then you'd see a game like when they blew Green Green Bay out in the regular season. You're like, oh, oh, okay, okay. And so we would do that, and it was just so easy to distract yourself. But with things having returned for the most part to normal around college football, and this really being the first fully invested season for us, it's uh, it's harder to pivot um, it's it's you you wanted to be and and this was the entirety of the off season talking points you wanted to watch the climb you wanted to see the evidence you wanted to to build along with them even though you knew there would be bumps in the road in the way of losses because they weren't good enough yet we thought the discussion wouldn't be about certain aspects of what we're talking about all week now we thought it would just be about where they got to go for personnel upgrades and things like that instead We're really not talking about personnel as much as we're talking about coaching in the debacle that just occurred. So that's not the talking point we thought we'd be on. It's it's where we are. I imagine it's where we'll be for the vast majority of the season because, as you like to say, once we know that's in you, then you're in constant uh, protect mode.
0: And we've been in constant protect mode and or uh, clicky pens and clipboard mode and or two fingers to my eyes, two fingers back to you mode for five years now. It does get a little bit old. It does. Oh, it
1: gets really old. There's no, I you know you know I don't like to come on and pretend that things aren't the way they are, or or I don't go along with things that are the narrative necessarily if I don't agree with them. So it, w- it works both ways. But this week has very much been about the exhaustion uh, from having to deal with the same ass scenario that we've had to deal with now for four years running: grand opening, grand closing. Everybody knows this. With Florida State football, I mean, the names and the faces change, but the results do not. And, you know, if you're going to get big picture, you're going to talk about systemic lack of leadership. You're going to talk about not having a real AD here in however many years. Um, You know, the ongoing situation where you have one president on his way out and another president on his way in. And you just you have a lot of frustration that builds because you feel like it's a bit of a clown show around here. It's, it's about, it, a bit of a clown show for, for, from Florida State's vantage point.
0: The crazy thing, though, is there was no indication about this particular result and this Correct. particular yeah, game. No, this, because came, this came out of nowhere. Yeah. Everything about the way that organization had been run, up to the point they installed game plan, I guess, you know, for Jacksonville State, Correct. had shown great attention to detail. A lot of people who were in that building for everything from the end of Bobby through present times said that yeah. this guy is as organized, if not more, in a lot of areas than Jimbo is. You saw market, I, well at least I did, it's my personal opinion, market improvement from spring football until the last practice that I've seen, where guys are getting better and drills don't take as long because guys are more efficient and the body types are stronger and better. All these things, the transfer market, it looks like we hit on guys that can play the game of football, led by Jermaine Johnson and Keir Thomas, but there are others as well. All these things, you stack them in place, and then you have this just wild, out of character, or at least out of trend occurrence on saturday it was all trending towards an area where even if you want ugly by 10 you put together the notre dame performance and the jacksonville state performance and say all right got a little cute there no big deal let's go up on the road beat yeah, Wake you Forest. just can't lose
1: the game you just can't like, lose the like you'd game.
0: linger on that point for maybe saturday and 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 the first show of the week on monday but now we have to talk about this like we're talking to a three-year-old because we can't trust the three-year-old we can't put sharp objects on top of the counters like You just have to constantly monitor this thing mm. in a way that's so fundamental, it makes you sick to your stomach. Well, you're tired
1: of doing it, because we've been doing it for some time now. We did it with Willie, we're, and all of a sudden, we're doing it now with Mike. Obviously, at the end of the Jimbo era, that last year, there was no investment. He was done. He was looking to land and uh, make some money elsewhere and, and take it on down the road, and we knew that. And you could see everything had flown into the side of the mountain. So for for years, years. And it's uh, it's it's disheartening. I can feel the general malaise, the frustration. I don't think everybody's checked out just yet. But can you imagine? I mean, imagine if you if again big picture stuff. Can you imagine the moment that clock struck zero and they saw that young man run into the end zone, having failed to that level? Not just you know the on the field result being hard to stomach and a whole lot of head scratching for the players and the coaches in the moment. But the bigger picture, again, we keep talking about trying to get this whole thing moving in the right direction, just a subtle steer of the ship to get moving, to, to get to where you got to go. It was all undone in an instant. And so you have major boosters. You've got big time recruits that have verbally committed that are going to help raise the floor. You know, you're going to have a different level of talent going into next year if all those guys say yes. You have alumni that were eager to get back into town I mean, the COVID year really was difficult for everybody, so they couldn't wait to come back to town. They came in droves for the Notre Dame game, and what they saw, by and large, was a huge step forward. And they thought, ah, you know, listen, we left something on the table there, could have won that game, but clearly I see that things are moving in the right direction, players are bought in. And just like that, it was all undone. And then, you know, you think about it from Alfred's standpoint, he's trying to get all these corporate sponsors, and they're buying in for the changes they want to make to the stadium and all this stuff that they're trying to get done in an instance. It, it's just remarkable how that can happen, that just like that, it was completely undone. And the rest of this year will be about undoing
0: the undoing. It, right. It's not about advancement. Right. It's about it's getting about, back what you lost. Yeah. It's yeah. about
1: undoing yeah. the undoing. And that it, that's such a shame. You know, that's when when Mike apologized. That I think that's what he's apologizing for. I think he knows that he just sabotaged his own efforts greatly, and obviously, you know, you do see, and I think he's telling the truth when he says this, because anybody who's ever coached or played any real organized sport knows that when you're committed and you work hard together, you have uh, an investment, not only physically, there's the there's the sweat equity, as they say, that is involved, and uh, in the, in the sacrifices that you're making, because you you're not doing a bunch of other things you'd like to be doing while you're doing this thing. So you have all of that. But I know that when there are people who are in charge of that, right, who organize that and and get you to commit to something like that, if you fail them, and he did, you feel horrible. It's a personal, uh, you know, loss. You you feel emotionally uh, crushed um, for having done that. I I remember it's so funny because it doesn't change no matter what level you're at. I remember coaching uh twelve year olds and we lost the game, and I felt like I may have made a mistake late in the game on a on a particular play call anyhow.
0: The mistake you made was unfortunate it was very unfortunate yeah
1: um but the the team we were playing was was a was a better team than the team that that I had um and we were right there with a chance I was so proud of them they had played so well and we were we were right there. And I made a decision. It doesn't matter what it was because you always go back if you lose and second guess any number of decisions. But the point would be I was in the middle of talking to them after the game and telling them that, you know, hey, we're going to be all right, a lot of good things happened, and my voice cracked. Like I felt terrible because all I could think about while I was telling them how well they had done was, damn it, why did I call that play for Travis? The kid's name was Travis. That's funny. Um, For Travis when I should have done this you know you feel I think Mike felt terrible for them this week because he failed them he failed them him and his staff failed them miserably and I think he probably feels just dreadful and this whole season now will be uh, you know again undoing the undoing trying to figure out to, to make sure you learn from it like he says and that they don't make those same mistakes identifying the whatever communications breakdowns they had uh, riding the ship and moving forward, but you'll never be able to take the big step that you were trying to take unless something really surprising happens and you win the next, whatever, you know, four or five games.
0: Yeah, that would be surprising, yeah. but it's not unthinkable. I know that sounds crazy. It, it's not unthinkable. What is
1: it? Wake, Louisville, Syracuse?
0: Wake, Louisville, Syracuse, That's three, North you Carolina. Can win.
1: Yeah, well, it's possible. Yeah, it, it's but, possible. It's you know, it starts
0: yeah. with one. Like let's go ahead and get this first one. Sixty-minute effort, and
1: let's not forget you're a road for underdog. The love of God, yeah, you're a road underdog here against Wake, yeah. so you're going to have to pull a quote-unquote upset to do it.
0: Well, insert one of the great cliches in broadcasting, buddy, because I'm glad they're on the road this weekend. They do need to get the hell out of town. In this case, I believe that to be entirely. I actually true.
1: think you, me, and this fan base want them out of town. Leave, leave. Don't yeah. <laughs> well, show your face around here. Get the no. hell up out of here. Go take it somewhere else. I'll see you when I've had time to think about things. You know how
0: destructive a sideline can be when it turns on its own home team. And in college, kids don't handle that very well compared to pros. Pros don't really either these days. They run to social media and cry. Cry babies. But you also have a a group here, if they've been a sophomore, junior, whatever, insert the redshirt season and the super season for COVID. That's all I've known is that incredibly negative atmosphere – And where Mike made a colossal mistake here is people were starting to believe. This is where moral victories matter. This is where moral victories matter against Notre Dame. It's not going to cut the checks for you in two and three years, but it changes opinions. It makes a locker room believe in a way it hadn't before. It makes a fan base believe in a way it hadn't before. In a way, the Notre Dame game was almost like Mike's spring game. And by that, I mean, remember Willie's first spring game? It was a great day. Everybody was like, okay, all right, pep in the step. Now, that was a longer process before the fall against Virginia Tech. Mike made it happen in a week. It's kind of like snail mail versus, you know, overnight delivery. He made it happen in a week. People were like, okay, in lockstep, I can see it. And then you have that game plan, and you have to hit the reset button six days later. When, Jesus!
1: When you go back and watch the replay of the game as you did, and I know we got to go to break, but when you when you do that, you get a, even angrier because not only are you experimenting a little bit, not only are you in the at times I, I think you're misusing your personnel quite a bit. There's there's plenty you
0: have to to score three points and a half against Jacksonville State.
1: Yeah, no, there, there's a lot going on there, but. You know, At no point do you think you're going to lose the game, but when you do the rewatch, you really do get angry. It's just a dreadful game plan, a dreadful execution. It's a dreadful night of football. All the way around, from the officials to both teams not being
0: any good at all. To, yeah, I mean, it's just the whole thing. Uh, one thing I noticed, too, and this is not the lead. It's not A through Z in things you would want to bring up or you'd want to hear after what we just witnessed on Saturday as a whole. The thing that kind of pissed me off, though, If we can get to the second level of complaints, Jacksonville State was allowed to clutch, grab, shove, reroute 20 yards down the field at will on a lot of the shot, like uh, at least three of the shot plays. One was on Keyshawn, one was on Parchment. Like, oh, okay. So you're going to throw a flag for any minor infraction of any kind near the line of scrimmage, but my man's 20 yards down the field and getting yanked because it's Jacksonville State. You're going to let that go. You can't do that, man. You no, know, you can't Because do that. it's Jacksonville State doesn't exist right now.
1: But I also want to get away from having Keyshawn Helton be a deep guy. I mean, I just, we, there, there are things here where we've got the wrong people running the well, wrong routes.
0: Y- yes, I, I think a great play that, that embodies everything that was wrong about Saturday is a deep shot to parchment that Jordan Travis took in the first quarter. Parchment's open. Pre-release off the line, he's yeah, leaving. Yeah, yeah, he's Goodbye. Leaving. Yeah, There is a tug of the jersey, a big-time one. Should have been a defensive hold at the bare minimum. Makes the pass uncatchable. Jordan Wilson's open, and he would run. I mean, he's not very fast, but he would run for a good two or three seconds before being tackled about 20, 25 yards down the field. So he turned down a wide-open play to make a more difficult play, and the officials don't call something down the field. That, to me, embodies everything that was wrong about Saturday.
1: So when I go through the Nebraska woes, and this weekend they play Oklahoma, and it's an example of how the mighty have fallen, how the two programs have taken dif- disparate paths to where they are now. But it was once a grand tradition, and it's worth noting that history, and if you love college football, you certainly already know it. But I have compared us to that, that team, that program, and they're a little further along in their failures and further mired in this depression uh, of Nebraska football than we are. But one thing stands out to me constantly with Scott Frost's program currently, and that is when there is an opportunity to make a play, they never do. Because they don't believe they're going to. They're that downtrodden. They've been beaten down for so long that the moment is too big. And our guys show evidence of that. The weight of the failures from four years ago, from three years ago, from two years ago, from last year to now, it is the albatross that follows them around. When plays are there to be made on both sides of the ball, frequently they're not, and I think it's the weight of expectation and the want, the desperate wish to remove ourselves, extricate ourselves from this awful place of being. Man, it's just a not, it's not who we are, and we know we can't be here, but it is the reality of what we are right now.
0: There are two guys who are unafraid currently on that offense. And we all know who they are. Well,
1: JaSean Corbin's not afraid.
0: That's correct. Trayshawn Ward is not afraid. He might both not be... need
1: to see the ball yep. a lot. Yep, a lot. Therein lies your mistaken personnel. One of many. Jeff Cabridge on ninety three three Real Talk Radio. War Chant TV. Good balls, McWednesday, to you and yours. I see where my man Marvin Shade Jones is confident. I will say this, from what I've seen with my own eyes and talks I've had, I can say this team will rise. Hard work and practice doesn't always translate to wins. Winning is a learned behavior. All right, Marvin, here we go, Shade Tree. Good.
0: Make sure you have that discussion at the dinner table with your son. That's an important thing to state before we before we say prayers and break bread here, folks. I've got one thing for you, son. Just remember. Go to Florida State. Winning is learned. Yeah. Effort. That's culture. So
1: it is hard to envision if they were to continue down this path, uh, Florida State that is, that you would get the yes that we're so desperate to receive from one Marvin Jones
0: Jr. I, I would That would be a toughie. We could use that yes right now. In fact, like if he's playing a game where he wants to, you know, give Florida State max exposure at an All American game or something. You know what? Right now, this is the moment. Segue to your uh,
1: attention elsewhere for the NFL. Uh, were you surprised by any of the uh, the lines here that uh, came out? I'm kind of looking at that Chicago Bears Cincinnati Bengals game and going, "Hey, that's interesting." That Bears offensive line looked like one of the worst offensive lines in the league the other night, if you watch that game. I mean their their tackle situation It was is tough a, to watch. Well it's a mess. They had salary cap problems in the offseason. They did not resign Bobby Massey. They released their left tackle, uh Charles Leno Jr. And um they don't have much going for them right now in that situation. So that that was an interesting they signed a thirty nine year old guy, Jason Peters, to play left tackle. Oh yeah.
0: Uh huh. Once upon a time a very good player.
1: That game right there is a Interesting game right off the bat, by the way. Yeah, once upon a time, he was a really good player. That was like 10 years ago when he was in at the towards the end of his career.
0: Matthew could weigh in on that. Over under five years. Over five years since he's been a good player? It's been a while. Okay. It's All been right. a long yeah, while. As, a, as an Eagles fan, he would know.
1: How concerned are you getting with the Baltimore Ravens situation? Their offensive line was uh, decimated and uh, brutalized by the uh, Las Vegas Raiders in that game. If you're just looking for teams to be... Worried about, I, I think you identified a few here. Um, I'm going to be interested to see what ends up happening with the Indianapolis Colts. They, they've got a rough go here. You, um, They play the Rams this week, and then they have a stretch of games in which they're going to play the Titans, Dolphins, and Ravens. Getting off to a slow start is no way to live with that, that right, schedule, right. my man. Yeah. That's a tough. If year.
0: I'm a Tennessee fan, I might say, okay, so we got outclassed by Arizona. Less than ideal. Less than ideal. Thoroughly. In our building. Don't like that. They yeah, beat 38-13 to 13 at home. But if Indy loses to the Rams, okay, then we've got time. Because now we're just shooting for 9-8 and eight in this division. That's all we need. But Indy needs to lose that game. There's a couple of tantalizing lines, though, with, for example, the Patriots going down to New Jersey to play the Jets, and it's only 6.
1: Yeah, I, I like New England there. Um, that seems a
0: little light, but it, it's one of those where you're like, what do you know, Vegas? What do you know?
1: I also really kind of like that Dolphins team. I think it's catching points, right? Again, is that right?
0: Three and a half at home. Ooh, You're getting three plus the hook.
1: And I like that defense. Okay. I'm all
0: right there. The Saints are only three and a half point favorites over Carolina. Now, there are COVID concerns within that franchise. Nine, but nine of them. Apparently, it's mostly coaches. Apparently, it's it's mostly coaches, and they think that the coaches will be available this weekend anyway. So you might be getting a COVID discount. Okay, if we could be so callous as to apply. The, Can you uh, the believe pandemic that we're at a point pla-
1: we're we're at a place now where this is what you do? This is part of your calculations. This is what you have to do with both college and pro. If it's later in the week and you're making those assessments and adjustments, you're like, well, are we getting a COVID discount here? Are we getting <laughs> are we getting what we is the line affected?
0: That's where we're at. Another one that feels too good to be true, Texans-Browns, Cleveland favored by 12 and a half at home. Twelve and a half. and a half. It looked like the Texans were- Well, least, they were invested. They were, and they're competent in the trenches. Not as good as Cleveland, but competent in the trenches- that feels like a, ah, what, what does Vegas know here too? Because I feel like whatever side I pick, I'm wrong by 10 points.
1: Yeah, I'll also tell you this, man. I watched a good bit of that game because I had the Texans, but I also just wanted to see what Urban Meyer's team looked like. I wanted to see what they had dialed up for Trevor. Woo. It's going to be a long year in Jacksonville. They just don't have much in the way of personnel. That's going to be a toughie.
0: And your new head coach of the USC Trojans. All right, so
1: that came up today, and he already answered it. And it's funny to me that he would have to answer it, because that tells you what everybody thinks about Urban Meyer and what his proclivity would be, right? Immediately, like they saw the ass-sorry product in week one. They saw all the off-season mistakes and the silly moves that he made. And there were a couple of these moves. Yeah. Kind of <laughs> grabbing. He's grabbing at the chest after the first couple of drives. He said today there was, quote, no chance he'd leave the NFL for the USC job. Quote, I'm here and I'm committed to try to build an organization. Earlier this month, Meyer had also said he doesn't miss recruiting. I bet that's true. I bet that's true. I bet every coach that leaves college football for the NFL feels a huge weight come off his back because recruiting has got to suck.
0: It never ends. Oh, I would think it does. And, and a lot of these Placating guys kids are talking about how NIL is the end of college football. Not if you go to USC. You have plenty of money. That is not a concern at all. It's a matter of do you feel like recruiting and building something from scratch again?
1: You know, it's also something that whenever this happens, I'm always I'm, I'm blown away. When Clay Helton's fired after, what, two weeks on the job this year. Now, eight years in his career If you're going to fire him the second week of the season, then he was the wrong guy to start the season. What are you doing?
0: Well, that athletic department's been a joke for a long time. I'm sure that's
1: what people say on the West Coast about us. Oh, without question they do, and they're right. It's Jeff Cameron, show 93.3 Real Talk, Radio War Chant TV. So there have been a lot of questions about this as well. And I don't know. Uh, I, you know, I don't. there's not a good way to answer this because it involves further criticism, at least for now. Uh, but there is a question on Twitter at J Cameron Show. Random question. Thanks, John. Do you think Norvell is sticking with Mackenzie Milton because if he loses Travis, and then he plans to roll with Chaba? Um, Chaba hasn't looked good. But it hasn't looked good, in In my opinion. When I see him play in practice, he's not good. That's a straight-up assessment of what I see in practice.
0: There's no way, like, okay, so maybe in a different universe that could be the thought, but you don't want to play the long game right now. See what the long game got us this past Saturday? You'll play the long game if you lose this week. You'll play every young kid you have on this team. Yeah, what does McKenzie get you in Uh, the long game after uh, this week if you lose this game? Then you just, I I don't even know what you do.
1: Well, that, that's a little bit of a different set of circumstances there. You could not afford the negative PR that would come with sitting him just because you wanted to start playing for next year after you've convinced him to come here. That'd be a toughie.
0: Well, there's a lot of toughies going around right now.
1: The I'm not saying that you owe you, you owe him much more than, um, than an honest shot at playing uh, and winning the job and all that, but I, I, good luck with that. I mean, the guy... I'm sure this was a conversation, you know, about if he's healthy enough and he's able to play. And he outperforms. Now, you'd have to win it legitimately. I don't think anything was promised in the sense that even if you don't win it, you don't get to play. But, yeah, I I, I would think that it would be awfully tough to just say, up, up, that's it,
0: that's all, 0-3, we're going to go this route. Trouble starts the rest of the way. It is extremely unfortunate that we must go through these exercises. Oh, man. These hypothetical exercises. There are no fun. There's there's no fun element to any of this. And had you at least escaped last weekend, we could still be talking about the importance of the hill. You guys mentioned it yesterday on Headlines. Yeah. You didn't even talk about the hill. Take the hill. Nobody's taking the hill. We
1: lost a battle we should have ever lost. Even now if we win, did we yours. take the hill? No, no. I told him we go take a nap on the hill. Don't even worry about it. Just get cozy. Kind of make it yours. You don't have to burn it down. We've lost the fire. I think, too, that... Uh, it shows you, you can you can stink in a game that you should beat somebody by twenty seven in a game where you're favored by forty. We see this all the time. There have been narrow escapes forever where you go, oh my god. Well, and 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 losses that are stunning. What was the Old Dominion when they beat uh, Virginia Tech? Was it we were watching that day? We're like, oh my god, how's how that even possible? And I gave you the stats afterwards of Old Dominion's record of the last eight years or whatever it was. It was just like they hadn't beaten anybody, like terrible teams. Um, And so you, you're always we, – we're so used to being able to point from afar. We've never lost to Duke, for example. So when Miami beat Duke, we're like <laughs> – you know, that kind of thing, right? But now here we have this on our plate. It was uh, Georgia Southern is beating the Gators. Oh, yeah. It is, it, yeah, that's exactly See, what it is.
0: The one thing I learned about scheduling opponents and things like that from this past weekend is the Duquesne game is actually a good idea. No. That was a good idea. No. Yep. No. It is now. They don't it's even transformed have, from a bad idea to a good idea. Come on,
1: man. That's like a 50 man roster. They don't even have scholarships. That's just I, the that, size of a roster that we need. It's not what you do. It's not what you do.
0: If you're trying to schedule a win, we can't schedule Jacksonville State anymore. ULM? Nope. Sanford? Nope. You can. Yeah. <laughs> need Duquesne. More UMass. Oh, my God.
1: You can't do that. Mm -hmm. Hour number two, fourth comes to win.